It's the Spider-Man episode. Spoilers galore. Welcome back to Fancy Ramen Take 2, episode 84. The day today is September 16th, 2018. I am your less important host, Scott, and our uh, primary draw for your listening pleasure. The smooth stylings of slightly sick cookie. I just gave... Uh Uh-oh, what you got? Um, whatever the fuck Lizzie had last week. Upper respiratory? Yeah, just just a little bit of a cough and all the fucking mucus. Oh. It happens. Not cool. I was I was completely well and fine during the wedding that I was at last week in Montana. It was St. Paul, Montana. Oh god, Montana. <laughs> <laughs> and um I I assume you mean uh Minnesota. Minneapolis, mini uh Minnesota. Yeah, sorry. St. Paul and Minneapolis are next to each other. I have a hard time disassociating them. No, they are right next to each other, but nah, had a wedding the, in they St. Are the Paul. Twin cities. It was an enjoyable time. Got to try a nail just cut out the very beginning. And insert it here. <laughs> yes, oh. sandwich in. <laughs> I guess we don't have any of your responses. You don't have any of my responses, but that's okay. You could just, it could be that you're just ignoring or res- responding <laughs> to questions that Fuck it. Either I've way, never posed. There was a really expensive wine, a whiskey I got to try, the Hibiki 27, which is just looking at the Hibiki 21. That is a $800 bottle of wine whiskey gosh i'm just all over the fucking place so we got to try the even more expensive one and it was beautiful um got back into pokemon go i wasn't sure if i've actually mentioned that in the podcast oh no you well i think you brought it up just slightly but you haven't mentioned much about you said that you returned to team mystic um and uh that's about it you didn't you didn't actually give us much experience on are you catching a new variety of Pokemon? Has the game uh, changed in any discernible way from really its release? So I will say yes. It has changed a lot comparatively to when we first started. Uh, they've now got two other generations. The ch- it's the Johto, Kento, and... Johto, Kanto, and then um, is it Generation 3? Yeah, and then Generation 3, whatever that one is. Uh, it starts with an H. Hoenn. Yeah. The Hoenn region. Yeah, they've got yeah. those three regions. They've got those three regions of Pokemon available, plus all the Aloha farms of the Pokemon that are out. Nice. Are available as well. I did my first raid while I was in St. Paul, and it was for Moltres. And I got a shiny Moltres. It's pink. No way. That's awesome. Yup. First try. Do you bump into shinies, do you think, more frequently in this uh, game than you do in standard Pokemon? Because in standard Pokemon, it's like, it's one in 300, roughly. People don't flame me for this. I know it's actually like 294 or something. <laughs> but it's it's like a one in 300 chance that you encounter a shiny Pokemon. My biggest problem with those games is I'm normally just grinding through the wilderness that I execute that shiny Pokemon <laughs> as soon as I realize that, <laughs> that it's a rare grab. Um, you know, my, my condolences go out to that shiny Wismer family that, uh, <laughs> Damn. I knocked, I knocked out their, uh, their patriarchal, 
uh, Shiny Wismer when I was just grinding through the forest on one of my most recent Ruby Sapphire gameplays. I will say it's it might be comparable if you see a lot less Shiny Pokemon in the Pokemon Go. I have a... At least seeing them in the wilds, just the shiny Moltres and a shiny, um, oh god, not the pelican, the seagull one. Uh, Wingle. Yeah, I've got a shiny Wingle. His, um, oh, his stripe that's awesome. is not blue, it's green. I love, I love Wingle. Um, that's, that's sweet. I do actually, now that I think about it too, when I played Pokemon Go, I actually ran into a shiny Voltorb, which is blue and looks really weird. Oh, that's awesome. Um, like within the first couple days of playing. So now that I think about it, I feel like they may have more shiny Pokemon just to incentivize. Uh, they may, but I haven't literally run into any besides those two. And Gotcha. You just lucked out on the shiny one that you found with Moltres. And I actually didn't even realize my Wingle was shiny. <laughs> <laughs> until that's later. what happens when it's just the small color changes when it's like a shiny charizard and its color's completely different that's one thing but when it's like there are some pokemon where the shiny version it's like instead of this one being orange it's yellow and it's like cool i can't tell the difference <laughs> it's like that doesn't actually exist but i've had, yeah it's like i've had the shiny pokemon on my belt for i don't know like 20 hours of gameplay and then i throw it out and i'm like What's this sparkle shit that's going on whenever <laughs> I release him? Um, but yeah. Shit, what else did we do? Uh, so we went to a very nice cathedral, uh, the St. Paul Cathedral, which was very big. Named after St. John. Yep. St. <laughs> <laughs> John Paulistine. <laughs> I think that's blasphemic. And blasphemous. Yeah. The um wedding itself was in the Saint Oh god, it was either Tom or Paul. No, Saint John or Tom or someone. Not Paul though. It was not a Saint Paul cathedral. Okay. But it was much quainter and smaller and the wedding itself, even though it was a Catholic wedding. It was only about mm-hmm. 45 minutes. It was That's short. Yeah, it That's was pretty super good. duper short comparatively to the other ones I've been to. I love a good short wedding. Those are nice. Me and you both. But um, I learned that Lizzie knows, Lizzie being raised Catholic, knew all the weird mumbly things that people were saying at the end of random <laughs> sentences. It was like going to a Rocky Horror Picture Show where everyone else knows all the little callback and responses, but you're the one guy yeah. who's like... Why is everyone yelling at the screen? <laughs> How did they get toast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I um I I have definitely been in that position a couple times in my life. It is a weird one to just be like, "Uh-oh, they're going to find out." <laughs> I don't I don't know what to do like the Oh god, I guess what they're called in Catholicism is father. The father said something and then everyone started like shaking hands with each other oh yeah and it's like peace be with you or peace be unto you yeah uh, i know exactly what you're talking about yeah everybody's looking around shaking i'm like it's okay it's all cool uh hi <laughs> pretty much <laughs> how I was you like, doing like what, what do i say under his eye 
under his eyes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's too good. <laughs> but yeah, so we um got to hang out with some of our some of our old friends, i.e., Lizzie's old friends from Ooh. that were actually at the wedding. Uh, some of our friends came down from Arizona who happened to know them. They wandered us around the Pokemon Go region of the world and got us caught up on like how to actually do things. Oh, yeah. They're like, so you, you flick your finger to throw the Pokeball. So, you're like, yes, okay, thank you. I get it. So this is how a raid works. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's a Pokemon. These are wild creatures that trainers catch to <laughs> raise and do battle with. Okay, Professor okay. Oak. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's kind of, I guess. And I guess then I got back to work and then ended up getting sick on like Tuesday. So I stayed off, stayed home on Monday just because we drove to Minnesota and then drove back that Sunday. So I didn't feel like going to work. So I just took that Monday off, Mm -hmm. got sick on Wednesday. No, got sick on Tuesday, skipped work on Wednesday, felt good enough to go to work on Thursday. And kind of just been chilling out, playing some video games, Call of Duty. That's that's pretty good. Nice. How about yourself? I've had a lazy week, and I'm so excited for it. I've been, I think the past, I think August was just wild in general in this first week of September for me. Um, If you guys remember, I'm sure our listeners do, whenever it came to the gaming portion, it was like, yeah, I I tried to play... um, octopath traveler and i stopped in the middle of a fight and came back to it two weeks later like i was having a a really crazy time uh things have finally slowed down for me a little bit which are nice i had the first uneventful do nothing saturday that i've had in i can't remember how long where i sat down and i played spider-man for well until i finished it i was at like the 50 percent mark and i was just like okay we're doing this rolled up my sleeves and got to slinging um Oh, sweet. So, so I you played beat it? I beat it, yeah. And that's why this is the Spider-Man episode, baby. Neil uh, doesn't want any spoilers, and so he's going to try and edit this without finding out who the true villain is. So um, we, will, and, we will make sure to give everyone a fair warning of when the spoilers are, and then we'll write a comment to Neil to tell him when the spoilers stop on each of our yeah. recordings, so that way we can um, have him insert a little thing for anyone else who doesn't want to be spoiled for this game, because I it also just came out. Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, it just came out, and I'd hate to spoil it. Um, ultimately, well, okay, let me finish with my week before we dig into Spider-Man, because we will. Uh, believe me, it's, I want to talk about it quite a bit since I essentially like consumed the game in a like, six-day period. Um, Beat let's you. see. Consumed it in a three-day period. Oh, shit. I mean, it's it's a short enough campaign. It's like 15 hours. Um, so that's really not too bad. I mean, that's really small compared to, say, Octopath Traveler, which I think Neil and I have been clocking into the, like, 70 to 90-hour mark. And that's um, why I'm not going to beat that game. Okay, but yeah, continue with your yeah. week. Then we'll do news, and we'll Kay. end it with Spider-Man. Hell yeah. Um, so the rest of my week has also been just playing Spider-Man and hanging out. Um, went to the farmer's market and 
all got to sample all of the delightful sweet treats that are available at a farmer's market. Uh, we have this like local, I shouldn't say local. We have this uh, Montanan uh, farmer or farm called the, ooh, what's this? We zooming in? Oh, okay. Yeah, I decided it's just for our listening audience. Cookie has centered himself on the screen. He's made himself much larger. An imposing presence, some would say. <laughs> He's now ballooning like a blowfish. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, these this place, I think the farm is called the Dixon Farm, and they grow all of the like um, less common types of melons. And so like yellow watermelon, which is so good. I don't know if you're a watermelon fan, but I've, I adore it. It's one of my favorite summer foods. Scott, um, I am I'm black. Team... Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I don't want to make any assumptions, though. Are you t- are you team salt on your melon or not? I am not because that is just a misnomer that people want to believe that it makes it taste sweeter. It's true, though. <laughs> it only makes it taste salty for a second, and then your body reacts to all the salt, and it's like, well, now I'm just going to assume everything's sweeter than this salt because it's salt. Okay, there's a scientific basis for why salt helps activate flavor, but we won't get into it. Good. I just think I just think you're wrong. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, so, have you had yellow watermelon though? I want to say maybe. I'm going to say maybe because okay. I think I've actually had yellow watermelon. Uh huh. But it wasn't all that good, so it might have just been a yellow watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> this this melon never turned pink. <laughs> We've got a sickly melon. Um, so yellow watermelon is delicious, and they do a bunch of, uh, I don't want to say rarer, but just like uh, less commercial melon options, and so they have like the uh, yellow watermelon. They do a type of like honeydew that's orange. It's it, oh. So it looks like it. It's like a cantaloupe, but it's it's definitely a honeydew from the outside. You can tell from the rind and the uh, actual like skin on the melon. And then they do these things called like little canary melons. But uh, we, I, I went with uh, some family and then some of my uh, brother-in-law's family at, who were up visiting, and they went on. They went crazy on a melon sampling spree and bought like three or four like types of each melon um which is delicious and amazing and dixon melons are truly like such a wonderful food if there's ever a chance if you ever make it up to real montana and not fake minnesota montana (laughs) i'm getting you i'm hooking you up with some serious melon game out here they're so good um but besides enjoying the farmer's market and uh kind of just like dealing with a busy week in in the uh lab which i can't go into more detail this will be the first time neil's hearing it but uh i did actually uh get a a new job working as a uh, chemical analyst in which i'm sworn to secrecy about a lot of the stuff that i do so i can't i can't talk about it too much but i'm back in the lab baby and it feels good and uh, we've been busy as shit. And so actually that's my hair. My hair has been on fire. The little bits that are left. Um, just trying to get things together. So I've been enjoying a very like cozy and relaxing week. Uh, 
so I haven't done much exciting with my weekend, which is nice. I've I fell down a Wikipedia rabbit hole on spitballs, uh, which is fascinating. I want to learn more about the physics of a spitball. Not oh, not your classroom spitball, but the baseball pitch in which you actually grease up the ball because oh, okay. it causes some that's, weird aerodynamics. Yep, that's an a uh, that's an illegal pitch along with the um the scuff ball. Yeah, uh, along with the bat to the face. I'm. It's sad that they took all of these, you know, techniques out of the game, but it definitely has made it more accessible for uh, people who want to keep their teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, hockey keeps. You know, hockey satisfies us who want to see teeth on the ice every once in a while. Um, and then another rabbit hole about uh, on Reddit where someone's daughter was bit by a raccoon with rabies and um just like reading about all these different biologist takes on rabies i have a very good book on on the science of hydrophobia slash rabies and it's fascinating why is a fear of water also rabies yeah so rabies actually causes like rabies was originally known as hydrophobia because people who are rabid are very uh averse to water like Hmm. the they they get dehydrated um just due to the i guess um the rabies virus makes water so unappealing to its host or victim that they become like massively dehydrated and uh disturbed by water and interacting with it so that's why it's also known as hydrophobia oh that's cool yeah fun little fact for your noggin but that's about it. Like, been watching videos on uh, some scientific methods and fitting in a Nintendo Direct video uh, in that lineup, sweet. which I get. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, just... sweet. We could actually even transition transition into that. right into the news. Exactly. Ironically, uh, I do want to talk about one more thing before we do. No, let's do it. <laughs> I. So I've got a group of friends who we play D&D on Thursdays now. And we had our first session last Thursday, even though I stayed home from work sick. I was feeling good enough to actually host this. And I was running the campaign. We're running the, um, oh God, the the first, like the beginners, the beginners um, little adventure, the shit. Is it? With the mines yeah, or Fandolin, whatever? Mines of Fandolin. Fandolin. The mines of Fandolin, yeah. So we had our first session, and we quite literally didn't even get to the book. I had everyone like introduce their characters, and then it was like, so how do you know Gundren Rockseeker? Where are mm-hmm. you from? This is kind of... And I was like, okay, cool. Everyone introduced their characters, and Lizzie like, introduced like a super weird character, that was in like a really awkward area. So I was like, okay, well, I want to I wanna I wanna play this meeting out. Yeah. So we did kind of like a six degrees of separation type of thing where how everyone met up to be on their way to Fandolin. And it was a lot of fun. The session lasts about an hour and a half and the next day I got comments from pretty much everyone in the in the group. They're like, man, we didn't do anything and we got nowhere, but that was like the most fun I had in weeks. And I was like, well, I'm glad. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. Like you don't have to progress forward if you're having fun. And I was like, next Thursday I'll actually be reading out of a book. So 
It'll be a little more rigid, unfortunately. Okay, so it's perfect for us to transition back into Nintendo Direct, but I'm going to gum it up one more time (laughs) with a (laughs) follow-up. Oh my gosh, Neil's going to hate this. But we haven't spoiled anything about Spider-Man yet, so consider that your your reward for slogging through all the editing. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I actually have a favorite podcast called The Adventure Zone that originally spins off from that... um, It spins off from that uh, Minds of Phandalin adventure or whatever. Are you you caught up? Um, I am completely caught up on on the whole... Duck on the whole Newton. podcast series. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. I'm so glad that you uh, that you know what I'm talking about. Um, they released a book recently. So for any of our listeners who don't have time to put in what I think is like 90 to 100 hours of podcast audio, they're releasing a graphic novel of this podcast that is D and D play that I bought a couple weeks back and forgot to talk about. It's phenomenal. I love it. Ironically, um, that's the reason we started this um, D&D session because one oh, of the really? girls I was, um, when we went on our float trip, yeah. I was in the middle of reading the novel, the graphic novel, and we were just happened to be waiting. So I was just reading it and she was like, oh my God, I love the Adventure Zone. And I was like, oh, cool. And I was like, oh, have you ever played D&D? She's like, no, I've always wanted to play. And I was like, well, shit, we're playing every Thursday now. And she's like, cool. yeah. <laughs> I mean, hats off to the McElroy brothers for making D&D. Like, I feel like they're going to cause a bit of a re- resurgence in gameplay for those who bump into that podcast because it's so good. Um, but back to other things that have me hyped. Nintendo's presentation of things that aren't happening for a very long time have me taking out my wallet anyway in excitement for their upcoming lineup of Switch games. I don't know if there is anything interesting to you on the 3DS end, but I have one of those old 3DSs that doesn't even have the uh, like other joystick on the right-hand side. And so I skipped through all of that because I was like, I don't even know if my, my device will play it. Well, play like half these games. Good news. There's only four games on Nintendo's official website for the 3DS headlines. Yeah. So Luigi's Mansion 3 is coming out. I did see that for the Switch, and that is exciting because I loved Luigi's Mansion, the first game. I was one of those shitty kids who rented that game like six or seven times and never beat it, or never <laughs> beat it, when I could have at that point just bought the game. Never did. Um, let's see, big things to note. I downloaded the Mega Man 11 demo, so I'll check that out. Uh, are you excited about these new Mario Tennis Aces characters? I didn't realize they were going to be continuing to feed out more and more characters like Smash. I also didn't know they were going to be feeding out more and more characters as well, but I am kind of excited. It makes me want to get back into Mario Tennis a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say one of my weirdly sneaky, most exciting things from this Nintendo Direct besides like the obvious. Mm-hmm. Osmode. Tabletop gaming. Yeah, that was very surprising. Uh, I skipped right past it because I was like, I don't know what this is about. 
Doesn't look like it's up my alley. That was also the other thing is my phone was close to dying when I was watching all of these Nintendo Direct bits. And ah. so I just skipped anything I didn't recognize. Makes sense. So they are bringing tabletop gaming to the Switch. Uh, the oh. exciting games are Settlers of Catan. It looks like it's really smooth gameplay. There's a... Carcassonne. Okay. Uh and not settlers, yeah, Carcassonne and um No, I think they mentioned something about Settlers of Catan oh, did being they available for the Switch. Yeah, I and, remember seeing something about that during the Nintendo Direct. You're not wrong. Uh Pandemic, which is always a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then there's Which also started out as uh didn't that start out as a mobile game? I know there was the other like inf- the like you're actually infection infected. maybe yeah that's what it might be okay and then there's uh oh god i think there's like a lord of the rings yeah it's carcassonne lord of the rings uh oh yeah card they game just which is, confirmed uh, katan and munchkin as well oh sweet oh yeah and munchkin's on there then pandemic yeah. yeah so that's kind of like a sneaky sneaky one that yes if you were just looking at things that you would completely understand what's going on osmode digital I would have also skipped over that. It was one of the parts I was awake for, unfortunately. They're bringing back uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles or Crystal Caravans, whatever it is. I feel like Neil and I had spoken about that game before. It's one of the few Final Fantasy games I've ever played. Um, It's one of the many Final Fantasy games I haven't beaten. Yeah, it's really fucking hard. I remember playing a lot of this game when I was younger, and I don't think I ever was able to beat like the final leg of it. So, hmm. Maybe we can do a Let's Play. That could be fun. I could dig it. Are you... Because I know you're really interested in these... Um, I forget what they're called. Not RTSs, but... Are you going to be interested in Civ? Oh, uh, I've already got Civ Six on my computer, so I'm not going to bother putting it on the Switch. Like, it runs like molasses on my computer, so I can only imagine what it's going to do to my poor Switch. I know, I know that the hardware is there. It's just like Civ is not the greatest, like, optimized game, even years after its release. Who they knows? always it run may a little just clunky. Be, it may just be awesome. I don't believe it, and I'm tired of giving Sid, Sid Meier my money anyway, just because uh, I end up buying Civ and then playing a lot of it and then never touching it again and coming back years later to half-complete a bunch of games, which uh, I, know, I know you're familiar with that, and, and I'm trying life. to cut back on buying games that I won't play to completion. I feel you. I feel you so much as when I saw that the Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition yeah. was actually already out for the Switch, I hovered over that buy button. Yeah. I was like, it but, looks... But then your, your, your uh, like angel on the left shoulder was like, no, don't do it, Cookie. And, and you finally listened that one time. Pretty much. That, that angel on my shoulder was like, you fucking idiot, you've got it for the PlayStation 4 sitting right there just play it on the system you have it for and beat it that way and that angel is lizzie (laughs) pretty fucking much (laughs) (laughs) oh man um 
Let's uh, see. Other things of interest. I uh, was excited to see another Smash Fighter release. Isabel uh, being introduced. I haven't played Animal Crossing in ages, and so I don't recognize this character at all. Really? She was, the, she was like your right-hand man. She was like I, w- one of the first I people to introduce herself. I played the GameCube version, uh, which I don't think she was in. Was she not in the GameCube version? Uh, if she was, I don't remember her, and I feel bad now. Uh, what, what games, what systems did Animal Crossing come out on? Because I know I've loved Animal Crossing. I just don't remember what I played it on. I think it started on the 64. There was a GameCube version. Um, and then there's been one for like almost every new DS slash 3DS release. Uh, what was the first one? Um, I thought the first one was N64. Because I remember whatever I was playing it on... I would quite literally skip school because there was a sale going on for like a pattern I really wanted. <laughs> Sounds like the GameCube version to me. That yeah. that's what that's what got me. And it was just like, oh man, this is so cool. It's one of the games that uses and like actually functions with like real time days, twenty four hour cycles. Yeah. And people would mess with their internal clock to shift stuff around. I remember doing that, but then the town people would always be mad because their town would be overrun with weeds and they hadn't seen me in six months. It's like, (laughs) yeah, but I needed that holiday gear. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then at the end of the uh, Isabel announcement, they announced um, Animal Crossing releasing in 2019 for the Switch as well. So, and... Half of me thinks I'm going to get it. The other half of me is 100% sure I'm going to skip it because I, as you stated, are trying to avoid games that I'm not going to play very, play very long. And this is just going to be another Stardew Valley. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a sucker for those types of games, but I'm in the same boat. Sierra might pick this up, though. It's super cute. I have a feeling she, she might uh, be tempted to get it. She loves Animal Crossing. Um, and I want to say that's the thing that everyone's excited about is the whole Animal Crossing and Isabel being on Smash, Smash Bros. What a great way to like draw attention to two games at once. Uh, very cool. Um, um, yeah, they, and her intro was great. Like super charming. I don't know the character at all, but I was. Uh, it was very sweet. Pretty much, and then they were like, "Oh, it's not a, it's not an Animal Crossing game." Then they're like, but this one is, ha ha. <laughs> uh, I'm actually more excited for the, I decided on which which Pokemon game I was getting. Oh I, yeah, the big announcement for that, that you essentially use your uh, pal as your uh, HM like container. Pretty much. They have all those secret skills and it doesn't waste your uh, like move set which is really, really nice. Yep, so, and then they showed off Eevee using all the um, all the different elements. Yeah, so now Eevee's a totally viable choice. Which is how I made my decision, and also Amazon really helped, because I decided I was going to get the Pokeball Go, the Pokeball Plus version. Oh, okay. So I ended up getting, I ended up pre-ordering the uh, Let's Go Eevee, mm-hmm. because I was like, well... Shit, if Eevee's only just using 
fucking normal type moves, that's completely useless past the very, very, very beginning of the game. You're going to lose against Agatha because neither of you can do damage to one another (laughs) with her ghost types. I've had that issues before where I've put a normal type up against some ghost type and I'm like, well, we sit here and we wait till someone struggles first. Pretty much. And then what do you think of the new colors for the Joy-Con controllers? Um, They look dumb, but you know that's that's fine i'm uh when it comes to the custom paint jobs for uh nintendo equipment or i guess like the exclusive items there are only a couple that i ever think are really cool uh splatoon. the one time uh yeah splatoon was great i love that uh they made a fire emblem ds that was pretty cool and then the legend of zelda stuff is always great because it's just gold and black and so it's very classy but uh the like Pikachu yellow with the brown end cap and then the EV brown with the like cream end cap. I think the color schemes individually are nice, but I do not like them next to one another. Like they have a bit of a clash to it. And I don't have as much of a background in critiquing colors as you do, but ew, it's gross. I hate it. So No, yeah. Those two together, yeah, ew, it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> The one time I was cool with Pikachu colors were when they made the uh, Pikachu edition Game Boy Color because that was just too cool for school. But uh, besides the, that, I, I don't really care. The one time I was cool with Pikachu colors was when they had all the Pikachu Volkswagen Beetles wandering around. Oh, yeah. Um, the like red cheeks. They made yeah, a hey, why didn't they Pikachu do like, Nintendo system too. That was actually really cool. Why didn't yeah. they put the Joy-Con with the... So instead of having the browned in cap, just using like the Pikachu red. Oh, yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Or even like they could make the controller, like the analog uh, stick or the joystick be red for Pikachu and the buttons could be red or something. And then Who the knows? the cap portion be black. I don't know why they tied the in cap for Pikachu to Eevee, but then... Pikachu's got no fucking white on him besides his eyeballs. Yeah, well, well, the end caps do. I think the dark brown uh, matches to the yellow controller and the cream matches to the brown controller, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, okay, yeah. Oh, but yeah, I guess Pikachu does have dark brown on the back of his tail. Right, but it's such a small component and it's less iconic than the red, I feel. Yeah. That it seems like a weird choice. And then I guess the Eevee's got the cream on her tail, or his tail. So speaking about uh, essentially like purely aesthetic things, what outfit did you wear in Spider-Man? Oh, Spider-Man spoilers. Uh, I think starting from here on out, Wait, Neil before, and, and before that, but Neil, this is your warning about the Spider-Man spoilers. Neil, um, this is your second warning. Speaking of Pokemon, Game Freak, new RPG. Oh yeah, I saw that town. Town actually looked pretty interesting. Um, I'll keep I'll keep an eye on that just to see where it develops. I like the idea of having a game in which you never leave town. Very yeah. antithetical to the game freak experience. They're like, okay, what if you were stuck in Pallet Town? And it's like, oh, this is the Council Bluffs exper- experience. Pretty much, <laughs> it's like the things I never. I'm usually that RPG or that um that I'm that character who traveled around the world 
in my real life, so I don't understand the idea of never leaving an area, but then I get yeah. to Nebraska and everyone's like, oh yeah, I've never been outside of Council Bluffs. And I'm like, ooh, <laughs> dude, that sounds awful. Yeah. Like, I lived in Atlanta and I was bored. Oh, man. And I will not be buying, um, shit, what's this thing called? The Diablo 3. I'm not buying Oh, yeah. One. Who cares? Who cares? I am actually more interested in Mario Party now that my sister and her husband got a Switch. Oh, we sweet. We can now take advantage of that dual screen action. Super um, excited for Mario Party. Have you been... Okay, so have you played anything other than Spider-Man this week? Not really. No. All right, so I'm going to start off by talking a little more about Call of Duty. Okay, absolutely. So I know you don't really care, but... No, it's okay. I like shooter games. I just haven't played them in a long time. Sierra likes shooter games. No, Sierra likes puzzle games. (laughs) She likes puzzle shooters, yeah. (laughs) How do I get past this person? Shoot him in the face. Yeah, uh, I think that's called Borderlands, if I remember correctly. Yes. (laughs) Um, So this week was the Blackout Beta. Okay. So we got to... So we were playing the Call of Duty PUBG mode, which... I enjoy a lot more than PUBG. I think a lot of people are starting to call PUBG knockoff modes the better the better version of PUBG. Because <laughs> it seems like PUBG is starting to get a little stale for, for players. And so these, like, I guess, higher ticket developers are making more polished systems. More polished systems. And so in this Call of Duty Blackout beta... Okay. <coughs> The first day started off with you could do solos, duos, or quads. So it looks just, it plays just like PUBG plays. You have a thing, instead of having like a just kind of diving wherever you're going, you've got a wingsuit. wingsuit. Okay. So you will, so one of like the advanced strats after about four days or three days of playing that everyone found out is that actually your wingsuit can fly faster than the helicopters do. So everyone pretty much jumps out. At the beginning? At the beginning, you dive straight down to gain all your initial speed. So yeah. you max out around like 71 kilometers per hour. And then you flatten out. And then you're going at 65 kilometers per hour straight forward. And you can pretty much make it to anywhere in the map faster than a person, in land faster than a person who, say, jumps down at the Rivertown area like right at the beginning, yeah. Or they jump down to the Rivertown area as soon as they get over it. You'll be landed, found a gun. You're looking up at them in their parachute. Uh, uh oh. <laughs> so yeah. But so yeah. So it starts off with just solos, quads, and duos. Mm-hmm. Then they're like, okay. So yeah, we did did a couple of first day was that with um, about seventy five people in a match. They. Yeah. You can clearly tell they've downscaled the graphics to make everything run smooth. I think I've run into uh, today one hiccup on like a stutter in frame rate or even a stutter in like connection. It's pretty and good I for say beta. Was, yeah, and I want to say it was this dude's connection who was w- wandering in front of me because he he did a little bit of a teleport. Yeah, <laughs> but then it was like okay. But then after that, everything was. I have not run into any kind of issues. Um, besides if you do do the 
jump out originally and then fly all the way across the bat before the um, plane has a chance to get there. Yeah. You'll notice sometimes that the... So all the pickups are still there, and as you're mm-hmm. running close to them, you'll see the like little icon pop out of the ground to tell you what they are, but you won't actually see the item itself. There was an issue with it took forever and you had to be looking directly at a thing to pick up an item. It was like a one to two seconds to pick up something and you had to be staring directly fucking at it. And that's just enough time for somebody to hit you in the head with a frying pan. Pretty fucking much. So they (laughs) canceled that to everything's pretty much almost an instantaneous pickup. You're just running over it for the most part and holding the pickup button. And you still have to be looking down slightly at it. They've made the... um, You don't have to be looking directly fucking at it to pick it up. Yeah. They've... um, They then, on like the second or third day, pop the player count up from 75 to 80. And then throughout the entire week, they've slowly been bumping it up. I think today we've maxed... Actually, no, I want to say Friday we maxed out at 87. Okay. Saturday afternoon, they dropped it back down to like 82, 85. And then they bumped it back up to 87 again today. So they've been like actually working on it every day has been an update. They're really trying to push to that 100 mark probably. mm -hmm. On um, Friday, they quite literally went through, after I got off work, to going to bed. I had to restart Call of Duty Black Ops because they had like three patches. Holy shit. Just during that day of like player feedback and stuff. So it's really exciting. So day one, they just had the duos, quads, and the um, solos. Then they were like, okay, now we're doing this close quarters frenzy mode, which which is going to have for quads, which is quite literally a... The circle shrinks significantly faster, so instead of having like a minute and 30 seconds before it starts to shrink, you've got 30 seconds before it starts to shrink down, and then it's also moving twice as fast. They included a new perk called Outlander, which while you're outside the circle, you can heal, and the circle does significantly less damage to you, so Outlander becomes a very important perk to have. I thought that they were going to have to uh, cut off your head to kill you. But I realized that's Highlander. (laughs) There can only be one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so Outlander becomes a very important perk to have during that. And then all the weapons are short-range assault rifles and submachine guns. So it really keeps everything close, focused, and really quick and fast-paced. Preventing that sniper play in a game where... (laughs) everybody's boxed in a circle and you're just trying to no scope pretty fucking much and then they introduced the close quarters with solos and then they introduced it with um like kind of cycling through and introduced it with duos mm-hmm. i like it with duos the best and solos is okay i've only played a couple of rounds with quads because i don't have a lot of people to play with so it's mm-hmm. usually just me and lizzie running around together me teaching her the ropes uh, lots of little fun things to do, like, so with the introdu- introduction of, like, each area being a specific map from old Call of Duty games. Yeah. Uh, they've intermittently, um, they've intermittently, um, like, scattered different zombie maps on different mm-hmm. parts of the game that I didn't realize were zombie maps. I was like, oh, yeah, Lizzie, I've never been to the lighthouse. Let's go to the lighthouse. Fuck it. And then I was like, we were there, and then I started hearing, like, the Call of Duty zombies, like, 
the um, music for it, and I was like, something's oh. not right with these boys. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, no, it wasn't the song music that I heard. It was I saw the symbol monkey, and I was oh. like. Oh shit, why is there a cymbal monkey here? And then the sound cue played, and I was like, fuck. Lizzie, just to warn you, we're in a zombies area, so just in case. <laughs> but yeah, so I like the way they sparsed it out. Everything kind of seems really, really close and far away enough, but the maps all feel like really nice when you're in each and every one of them. Because you're like, oh yeah, shit, I recognize this place. The Array is one of my favorite places to go. And it was um, from Call of Duty Black Ops 2. And it was a snow level. But now it's like middle of a grassy fucking field. And you're like, Mm -hmm. oh shit. So it's got the same feel and you had a different feel. And you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's nice. So yeah, so I've really been enjoying this mode of PUBG a lot better than normal PUBG. So I think... I think this Call of Duty is also going to last the full year of the Call of Duty cycle. Yeah. So that's really exciting for me. Call of and Duty, the real PUBG. <laughs> pretty much. So yeah, so I like the fact that they are constantly introducing updates, balances, and tweaks. Uh, there's, It's just a lot of fun to play so far. No complaints. Call of Duty is going to get my, unfortunately, again, game of the year. Probably. <laughs> Maybe, I wonder, actually. No, I'm I'm willing to... I'm going to put my money down, um, and I don't know why I'm betting on what your decision is, but I feel like it's not a bad idea for me to go ahead and gamble that Smash Ultimate is going to very much like earn its keep in our Game of the Year discussion when we get to that point. No, I could see Smash Ultimate making it there, and I can also see... Um, spider-man making it in that list as well damn that game was so much better than i expected and before Um, we get into that neil this is your fourth warning but (laughs) we're gonna talk about one other game (laughs) i played one more game um while watching some more evo Mm -hmm. i ended up buying um blaze blue cost track battle for the switch okay and that is one of those street fighter uh esque Games. things but it's a uh, blaze yeah. blue uh mixed with persona 4 yes Arena. okay it's the anime it's the yes. anime version yep uh and ruby oh and darkness eternal night or something some other game i've never heard of okay but yeah, that doesn't ring a bell the other things i sort of i i have a vague idea of what they are but persona watching... 4 vague idea of what that is <laughs> vague idea i think i've heard of persona yeah <laughs> You never see it coming. <laughs> but yeah, so I've been playing a lot of that and it's a very good game. So, but yeah. Um, so for Spider-Man, it's clobbering time. Okay. Neil, this is your warning of all the spoilers and also probably the end of the podcast until the end of the podcast. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I I'm clocking at forty eight minutes right here. So I'm at fifty three minutes and fifty one seconds. Cool. Okay. Um, well, it's spider time. Go ahead, Cookie. So you asked me which suit I was wearing. Mm-hmm. I because the Insomniac suit was the first suit you got. I started with the Insomniac suit. I then quickly switched over to the uh, Spider Noir suit. 
and was rocking that for a good five minutes. And then I actually went out of my way to unlock the uh, black cat. And you got the black cat suit. I did the same thing. (laughs) And then I promptly got to like 90% of the game with the black cat suit and then switched back to the insomniac suit for like the last two missions. Gotcha. Um, As soon as I got the iron spider suit, I stuck to that the whole time. Makes sense. I did not unlock the iron spider suit. There's something really appealing about that color scheme for whatever reason. And then it's, it's one of my favorite suits. And then the spooky spider suit, um, which I don't know what it's actually called, but it's the one where you're you're essentially a vengeful spirit. Is pretty oh, Ghost cool. Rider. Yeah, exactly. It's Ghost uh, Spider. Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah. Ghost Rider suit. <laughs> yeah, that was good too. I unlocked a bunch of suits that I didn't use, but I did like the variety of powers available. Um, which was it, it was really nice to like mix and match the powers. Like essentially, as soon as you unlock a suit. I can now add, yeah, electro fists to naked Spider-Man. Like, it doesn't matter what you're wearing for what effects you can have equipped, which is really nice. Which is a very excellent thing to throw in for a game, because most games are like, oh, yeah, you unlock this suit, you can use this power. It's like, but I I don't want to wear that that dumb suit. Yeah. It's like, I like the fact that this suit makes me, I can be more sneaky with the noir suit because no one's going to call for backup. Mm-hmm. but I can also be wearing this bright-ass fucking red and blue. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, um, I I also really love the cell-shaded uh, suit that they had in there where you can play as like classic comic book Spider-Man. Classic it's comic so, book Spider-Man. It's yeah. so jarring, and I love it, and it reminds me of when uh, SSX on tour did something like that where they had like these cell-shaded uh, like doodled characters that you could unlock at the end of the game that it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, but besides just the graphical element of the game, which is very pretty and I'm playing on just a basic PlayStation, not a pro, uh, but it is on my brand new uh, 4k ultra HD 55 inch screen television that I won from a, from recommending enough people to my dentist's office. Um <laughs> Damn. True story. Um, It was too big for me to fit in my car, so I had to get a different vehicle just to take it home. Um, And you can see in the background, it's actually tall enough to go over the couch. Um, Uh, What brand? It's some uh, Chinese knockoff. It's TCL, I think. It's TCL. I got it right on the first time. Did not expect that. Never anyway, TCL does it have the? Uh, it's got a. It's Roku enabled, and it's got enough HDMI ports for like four devices, and then some, which is. Does great. it do the uh, H? Does yours do the HDR? Uh, I believe so, but I haven't looked into it that much. When I looked up the specs, I was like, "Holy shit! What can't this thing do?" And I was like, "Oh, 3D. Good. That's dumb." Uh, <laughs> But yeah, See, it's a it's a nice TV. Um and this game is gorgeous. Like I happened to be playing it on a smaller like less new TV before then and then when I moved on to one that had better resolution, I almost instantly noticed a difference and this game is really good looking. Like cardboard has the little you know how a uh, corrugated cardboard has essentially the corrugated portion that is wavy in between the two bits. You can see that in the Octavius lab. And I was just like, 
this is wild. Like, I can see a little bit of depth to this corrugated, like, portion of the cardboard. Who gives a shit about adding that texture? Like, I, I've been incredibly <laughs> impressed by how detailed these environments are, even if um, every fourth New Yorker is wearing the same clothes as the first one I bump into. It's like, I'm oh, surprised you spent that much time on the ground. <laughs> it's the Asian man in the black sweater again. Hey, dude, I just saw you three seconds ago and gave you a high five. What's up? How'd you get over here? (laughs) He travels faster than Spidey does. Yeah. So besides the repetitiveness of character elements, um, these worlds are really well, or like New York feels very... uh, New York? Very New York. Yeah. You can even see, like I was showing Sierra the level of detail. I was like, look, there's trash all over the street. It's just like real New York. (laughs) It's like... I can even imagine it smells bad. Like, you know, right? So yeah, I really loved just the, in general, um, the feel of the environment in going through the different areas. It was like, oh yeah, I don't even need this to tell me I'm in the financial district. Yeah. I can clearly tell I'm in the financial district. You know, as soon as you land in Harlem, uh, it's really cool. Like, they they did they did a better job recreating a um, real world location than I've seen in almost any other game. I'll say it is unfortunately on par with. Uh, did you play Watch Dogs Two? I did not play either Watch Dogs game. Uh, so Watch Dogs Two does a very good rendition of San Francisco, gotcha. even though it's parsed down sparse down a lot. So it kind of it kind of feels a little bit neglected. It's kind of like playing like the open world games that's supposed to be all of the United States, but you know, you got Omaha is five hours away from Las Vegas. Yeah. It kind of feels like that where this New York feels very much like, you know, I'm traveling pretty fast as Spider-Man. I could see myself making it from here to here in New York, even though I know this is a 30 minute train ride. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, it's such a cool game in in just the the elements of the city and the kind of open world aspect to it. The web swinging is by far, I think, the pinnacle achievement of the development of this game. It, it feels so nice. It has it a always... bit of a learning curve and then you get about five hours of practice and you're just like, I am Spider-Man. Like, I can do anything. Um, I like the fact that all of the swinging actually makes sense. Yeah. Besides whenever you, um, so if you're doing like a spin trick and you hold it just a little bit too long, but you hit the swing button, do you ever get that like you're you doing the Spider-Man the crouch, you're somehow? hovering along the ground and then it, and then it, yeah. Besides yeah. that, that's the only time that doesn't feel super smooth, but always it's like, oh yeah, no, this totally makes sense. It's like, oh, yeah, I might have just jumped really, really high. There's trees to the left of me because I'm right by Central Park, but mm-hmm. there's this low building to the right of me. So you got to well, hug to your right a little bit to get that to building get to web. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man, it, it feels uh, as realistic as swinging like Spider-Man through New York City, I think, can. Um, and it allows for this like level of detailed control that I just thought was... The best part about the game, I almost never fast traveled. I can think of three instances in which I did because I was just like, this is all the way across the city and I'm trying to beat this game now. Um, I fast traveled exactly three times as well. 
yeah <laughs> it's because the web swinging is so good so on a mechanical sense like they i don't think they could have done a much better job on that i think that was really as good as i've ever experienced it combat I think the only reason i fast traveled three times was because it was before i realized i think i could actually swing to most places faster than about as fast, fast as that loading load. screen yeah <laughs> i was like as the cool loading, the loading screens, screens are short were. You can outswing a lot of them in speed, absolutely. And I and I did love the loading screens. I got for the three times I fast traveled, I got three different ones. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, one where Spider Man was just leaning against the pole and scrolling through his phone. Uh, one where he's scrolling through his phone and the guy's like sleeping on his shoulder. That's my favorite one. That is that is excellent because he's like, I'm in New York. I don't fucking care. This guy's just gonna be here. And the one where one yeah. guy's kind of like. He's reading a paper and like looking over at Spider Man the entire time. Like, I th- and it, I think it has a Spider Man article on the front of the newspaper too. Yes. I saw those as well. That's great. Uh, <laughs> Combat wise, what did you think for? I mean, a superhero beat em up. So for a superhero beat em up, comparatively to I have played the Arkham games. Yeah. So I do have like an idea of how good combat's gotten because the arkham games have always felt smooth yeah i, I do like asylum and a little bit of city so so i do like the fact that the arkham games they felt very not to take other people's words but um batman has really meaty hands mm-hmm. so his style of fighting even though he's kind of quick with it is a lot slower and less fluid yeah, and that could just be due to technical aspects. Whereas Spider Man, he's hitting people real quick and doing like he's an acrobat all over the fucking yeah. place. If you get those dodges just like perfect, so after you, it feels a lot better the stronger your Spider Man gets. So if you, if a person with a normal gun starts shooting at you, and you do the perfect dodge, you web them in the face, and then you can immediately take them, finish down. them off with a strike by web swinging over to him and punching him in the face. Um, I like the fact that after you get someone in the air, you have so much mobility of someone shooting at me, I can dodge to the left. Oh, no. Oh, I thought I lost you for a second. No, no, no. We're good. I'm still here. Um, I could, like, dodge to the left or I can go ahead and hold square and hit him with a web swing. swing quick, yeah. And then start beating up on him. And then I had the... um, I ended up getting it to where I could do two special finishers at once on yeah. two normal people. That's so the best. So it's like, oh yeah, I'll knock them in the air, do the web finisher where I'm, where I like sling past them. Well, sling the two things past them and just like super launch myself into them, and then I'll go ahead and hit somebody else. I love the fact that Spider Man does kind of, in a technical sense, kill people. Or how Insomniac tricks them right like, off of buildings. Yeah. Yeah, how Insomniac's just like, eh, we'll just ignore it. To an, as a matter of fact, we won't ignore it because some of these things are like, hit five henchmen off of this building. Yeah. You do realize you're on a fucking high rise, right? The first time I realized that you could kick henchmen off to their deaths, I was playing and Sierra was watching and I literally just trailed with the camera and panned it so we could watch the guy fall the whole way. <laughs> we were just like, holy shit, that's brutal. <laughs> and then I kicked everybody else off of the skyscraper. Just like, this is an easy solution to a problem. Just throw yeah. them off. Um, I did a lot of web spinning and flinging. I love that there's sort of this uh, 
there's like a threshold that you can overcome to just if you get enough webs on an opponent, you can immediately take them out of the fight by sticking them to something. Uh, and That's so I, I upgraded great. my web slinging abilities as soon as possible so I could just start sticking enemies when I didn't want to deal with a lot of combat and I didn't need to Those, build a big combo. Everything got a lot easier once you were able to get the heavy yeah, that stuck heavy, to a wall. Yeah, oh, the the big impact. I started upgrading... Um, yeah, I, I pretty much upgraded anything that I knew would be an instant like uh, finisher if it stuck them against the wall. Like the trip mine was amazing. Uh, oh my God, so great. Yeah, underrated gadget works in almost any situation, especially if it hits another person and you get the double like wrap up. It works yes. great. The combat, I think you hit the nail on the head. I didn't actually like it very much at first and it grew on me a little bit as I played the game more and more because it's like you need to have at least a bit of an idea of the build or the combat style you want to work with before you can really effectively take on a lot of these combat challenges. Um, Like as soon as I realized like, oh, I want to have a perfect dodge slow-mo thing because I'm all about that dodge game. I love I love that Dark Souls approach of just like first you get out of the way and then you come in heavy and then you get out of the way and you just rinse repeat as much as you need to. Once I realized I wanted to do that, I enjoyed the game a lot more than when I was starting it and getting punched in the back of the head because I kept trying to throw objects. Um, yes. <laughs> so it's I don't know if it can it's hard to make that combat style really fun too, but it wasn't ever like super tiresome. I never felt like, ugh, I don't want a combat encounter. Please, no. It was just more well, like, okay, I'm gonna go beat some dudes up. Like, I think there were only like four or five combat encounters you just had to play. Absolutely have to. Yeah, exactly. The rest you you go looking for. What did you think about the tag team and then essentially two v one? Very big spoilers ahead. The tag team and uh, 2v1 fights against your enemies like Vulture and Electro or the Rhino Scorpion fight. Um, the Vulture Electro fight, I'll actually also premise this with I played this game on easy because I. I actually started to play on easy after about the halfway point, too. I knew that I, I red boxed the game. I read box the game for three days, twice. Uh, the while we were traveling from Minnesota, we stopped at a random um, PlayStation. We stopped at a random gas station store, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just see if they've got it. Cool. All right. I'm gonna red box this thing real fast. I know I have Monday off. I will spend all day Monday just playing Spider Man, and then I'll see how far I get. See if I'm gonna buy it or just red box it again. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday went ahead, red boxed it again, the same copy because I didn't feel like worrying about anybody. And then I ended up getting sick, and I was like, well, not doing anything else. Yeah. Might as well beat Spider-Man. So I did play it on easy, and I did just rent it. And so the I liked the Vulture Electro fight more than I liked the... Rhino Scorpion uh, fight. Rhino Scorpion. Agreed. But I liked the story and the feel of the Rhino Scorpion fight a lot better, because they were interacting a lot more... Um, just like in the Spider-Man comics, the reason the the Sinister Six usually get beat by Spider-Man is because they can't. There's a lot of infighting. There's no team and they can't work. agree yeah. with each other. Yeah. Whereas uh, the Electro 
Electro, Vulture, those two didn't really get in each other's way. They didn't they interact kind of, with each other at all, really. Yeah. But with the um, Scorpion, Scorpion Rhino, it'd be like, oh yeah, you would, um, you'd have Scorpion on the ground there, and you're starting to beat up on him, but Rhino doesn't give a fuck. He just charges he'll just, through. He'll just bowl over both of them and be like, and Scorpion would be like, hey, why'd you do that? And Rhino would be like, because you're weak. Get out of my way, bitch. Yeah. No, I, I did notice that as well. That the I actually did not like mechanically uh, the Rhino-Scorpion fight because it was a little difficult for me. It was a um, bit difficult, and I didn't like it mechanically either. <laughs> yeah, but the, the actual like feeling behind it, it felt... Uh, more immersive than the Vulture Electro fight, where it's like Vulture and Electro just tag team out for a little bit, and then you just treat Electro like a nuisance while you beat up Vulture. Like pretty much, yeah. Um, the boss fights were interesting, and it's kind of cool that they backloaded all of those big boss fights to the very end of the game. I thought it was a good way to build like climactic tension. Um, it definitely sold that whole um peter parker is tired thing towards the end as well because it's like yeah man i haven't when he's like i haven't slept since uh the breakout and you're like oh shit yeah we have been going non-fucking stop since then yeah uh sierra and i were talking about that we're like does spider-man sleep because we got like the the events of this game happen over like only a couple days which is wild um like once things start popping off it pops off like in real life. It's like yeah, Peter Parker like, sleeps maybe twice or three times in the whole whole game. Did you did you ever go back to his apartment? No, neither did I. Can you? And I don't even know if you really yes, can. Oh. There is. He literally has an apartment on the map. <laughs> Never found it. <laughs> Never saw it. I saw it like right at the very end after I watched the end credit scene and everything came back to and I was like, oh yeah. I oh. forgot he had a place that he could go back to. <laughs> yeah, he's got that. Oh well. Um but um but yeah, so getting into story wise, since I guess you beat it. Yeah. Um the story of the story is like ten years later in an alternate universe of the Spideyverse because Miles doesn't come from an alternate place. He just happens to be a Miles in the area. Uh, Doc Ock isn't established yet, and neither is the Green Goblin, who is like Peter's first main enemy. Yeah, supposed to be his initial and then mortal enemy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, alternate universe, it's been 10, 20 years since uh, Peter started. He's no longer at the Gazette. He is now working under Doc Ock, the Gazette, the Daily Bugle. He's now working under Doc Ock as Dr. Octavius is he's um doing mechanical prosthesis prosthetics yeah yeah prosthesis and uh, it kind of basically starts off with do you end up capturing the uh rhino and electro at the very beginning no oh um yeah, you don't I don't think there's any boss fights in the very beginning besides there's one. There's like one boss fight that happens in the beginning. I can't remember. That's Rhino, right? Uh isn't it Fisk? You fight Fisk and then Oh yeah, you fight Fisk. No, you fight someone in a bank. Oh, shocker. Shocker. That's who you fight. Yeah. So yeah, it starts off with like you capture Fisk. Like the one boss fight that happens for the first well, for like the first 80% of the game. He's like 
one of the boss fights that happens. One of the only yes. boss fights. So it basically starts off, the game starts off, you, um, there's a big raid on Fisk's, Fisk's facilities, and you end up capturing him, and he's like, hey, there's going to be a huge power vacuum once I'm out, and you're, you're going to miss I give me. you about a week. Yeah. I give you a week before you wish I'm back. <clears throat> Ironically, one of Peter's little quips he says is, God, I can't believe he's right. I I'm think I'd much rather Fisk. be dealing yeah. with Fisk. It, it was a great callback. Um, but yeah, so you end up defeating Fisk at the very beginning, and he's like, there's going to be a huge power vacuum. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson and his little podcast that you can have turned on says the exact same thing that, hey, now, now everybody's going to be out of the woodwork. And almost immediately, it's like lots of little petty crimes start happening as you're unlocking these um, the towers because the first thing that happens is the towers go down because someone hacks them. Yeah, I found it funny that uh, JJJ, J. Jonah Jameson, uh, was often used as like an angry voice of reason, not all the time, but essentially they had him like a non-crazy Alex Jones for most of the game, which was pretty fun. Um, yeah, and his arguments weren't always just... They're not terrible, just, no. They're not, they're not. They're just like, he's like, oh yeah, no, this person did this. Oh, I forgot. Someone called in is like, I think it was Aunt May who was like, you're just angry and I feel bad for you. And he's like, no, I'm not angry. You don't hear anger in my voice. It's all just disappointment. Yeah. Disappointment. I'm disappointed. And he just, <laughs> he's like screaming it. Uh, pretty much. <laughs> it was great comedy writing. Um, yeah, for the for the character writing, like I thought that the story at its conclusion, there were some hiccups in the middle where I thought the pacing was a little weird, but story from start to finish, I thought was much better than I would have expected. But the writing for characters like Mary Jane and Michaels, or not Michaels, Miles, blah, Miles Morales, <laughs> the bet so like quickly becoming one of my favorite characters. He's it's weird that his last name was Morales when his father's name was Johnson. Yeah, well, who knows? <laughs> um, and his mother wasn't a Morales either. I don't think so. No. <laughs> Because they called her Mrs. Johnson, yeah. too. We just found this kid on the street. He's pretty cool, though, isn't he? He's like, yeah, I'm pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I guess you're my parents now. Yeah, but the writing the writing for these characters was great, like really, really good. I found myself emotionally connected to characters that I thought I was not going to give a shit about at all. However, I still endangered their lives recklessly by sprinting through every stealth section. Um, <laughs> which caused Sierra so much panic but I was just like I'm on easy mode this stealth looks like some like real easy shit I just held the R2 button and ran through every single environment and like where there were I saw puzzles to distract guards I'm like I'm just gonna take a quick loop right here and I dodged like probably half of the events that were supposed to occur so wow I mean <laughs> Kudos, I guess, kudos to Insomniac for building, uh, like, uh, level environments that were very telling on what, like, very good at guiding you on where you needed to go. Uh, maybe less to the kudos for uh, making the easiest stealth sections I've ever played in a video game. Giving Scott the ability to just sprint through the entire thing. I was like, I played Metal Gear Solid. If I'm not crawling <laughs> face to the floor then this isn't hard. Like, 
So okay, yeah. but back to back to story beats. After you defeat Fist, every single crook in town decides he wants to do something. Uh, you end up going against Shocker pretty quickly after in a bank and robbery. Peter's yeah. like, Peter's like, he almost seemed like terrified and more afraid for anything else than blah blah blah. Uh, you end up meeting up with Aunt May at the feast because that is where she is working. She's not just a nameless character that's just happens to be involved with Peter Parker and she's actually a face of a community. Yeah. Um, she's been working there for five years. I have a something. question for you that is story relevant. When the shocker is talking about, cause he is scared. He's working for someone. He's scared about revealing that. Do you suppose that the person he's working for, I think we're supposed to assume it's uh Mr. Lee, but do you, do we you assume think it was Mr. Lee? Actually but he Doc mentioned Ock? a her. Oh, her. Huh. I don't know who that is. I wanted, no, wait. Did he say her or am I thinking of something completely different? Who did he end up working with? Uh, it's oh, no. Not yeah, revealed. he was working with. So, and, and Spider-Man notes that Shocker has some new equipment. And so I'm wondering, like, that could give, uh, that could totally turn the story kind of on its head as far as the corruption of Dr. Octavius is actually happening well before we see it in the game as Peter Parker, which I think is like such a fast, like that would make the story so much better for me because then and it I guess feeds into the manipulative that, nature of Octavius. Cause yeah, I guess that would make sense. Cause it's not like, Oh Lee yeah, is never providing mind. Her was him with from, good tech. Yeah. And the, her was from, I watched the Tomb Raider movie a couple of days ago. Oh, okay. So Yeah. But yeah, so shit, that would turn a lot of stuff on his head. Because yeah, yeah, he is scared, he's working for someone else, and he's got new tech. Yep. So shit, yeah. So uh, you end up capturing Shocker, and uh, you end up going back to Octavius's lab, because Doc is working on some things. His funding gets cut uh, via Harry Osborne. Uh, and yeah. oh god, what happens right after that? He does a, you do a couple of missions, you're starting to unlock towers, and then there is a robbery? Or what introduces you? Oh. What introduces you, end you up to helping, Lee? You end up helping a local beat cop go through a, I think no, it's who's in- trying to take over? Fisk's territory. No, you're working it's, to stop all of Fisk's stuff because he's yeah. still working on the inside. And then, well, and then the demons are involved by the time you work with Miles's dad. Um, yeah, so the demons are starting to attack the Fisk's warehouse, and you end up saving some of Fisk's dudes from the um, the E3 demo where he's on the <laughs> sky rise, and you do the wrecking ball, wrecking ball helicopter thing. Yeah, and then he's like, maybe he's there, maybe he's not. But then you start going after the demons. You help Miles's um, father, and Miles's father saves your life. And then there's this whole um, award ceremony. This thing, award ceremony that gets interrupted by Mister Lee, where Peter realizes, "Hey, that is that's Martin Lee, the big yeah." Martin Lee is the guy that's doing some things, and that kind of introduces you to Miles and how he becomes related to this entire entire mess which is his father's the guy who ends up dying and he only gets saved because Mr. Lee is a horrible final 
is a horrible uh, bad guy because who doesn't finish the job? Who doesn't you're finish like, the child? Yeah. You're like, kill everyone. Leave no survivors. And then just as Don't you're about bother to be with destroyed. Kid, yeah. <laughs> Except for him. Fuck him. He's not going to be important later. Yeah. Let's walk away. Miles has plot armor just in that one instance. Yeah. And yeah, that's... Because <laughs> his henchman was like, even like, come on. I'm... He he was like right he was here, his way yeah. down with the sword. <laughs> you could have just let me finish. I know, right? Yeah. Can I at least kick him in the ribs? No, okay, fuck it. Yeah, I guess you're. I guess you're good to go, kid. Plot armor. Yeah, that's okay. Because I I uh, when I played as Miles, I ran him into the rhino so many times during that stealth operation. <laughs> I think he, I think I only redid each stealth mission once. Uh, he died like eight or nine times on the Rhino one because I was just like, I'm tired of this shit. I'm trying to power through. So I just kept spraying. <laughs> um, yeah. it's it, I, I think what was really cool about the uh, narrative is how much of a red herring Mr. Lee was. Like it was 80% of that game was prepping for the big f- showdown with Mr. Lee only to find out that like he's a minor character in comparison to the Doc Ock storyline that has just been like slowly evolving since the start of the game. Um, I love the fact that when you were at the lab for Doc Ock, um, one of the little things you could do for extra experience points was to develop the materials, help out with the, help out with the materials. And it's like, Oh yeah, this is to add extra precision and control. And I'm like, oh, God, I know he turns into Doc Ock, but experience, <laughs> I need this. What did you think about the puzzles, and why were they trash? Um, I liked the puzzles where you had to get the node from point A to point B and keep the power voltage, power voltage regulated better than I liked the... Um, spectrograph puzzles? The spectrograph puzzles, they were trash because they were all super easy. Once you got, so for the ones where you had to keep the power voltage and get from point A to point B, yeah. once you got the um, general thing right, if you just happen to make a, you can kind of glance at it and say, you can swap oh, out I'm probably going to put a minus, yeah, yeah I'm going to probably put a minus two here and there's going to be a plus four here and that's going to give me what I need. And then you're like, oh, I think there was one at like the very end that I did as like a bonus thing that was like, oh, I went the wrong way. <laughs> so I've got to do it this way instead i just uh said fuck this and turned on the r1 skip mode after a bit because i was like these puzzles are easy and mostly a nuisance and so i will skip them there's an r1 skip mode yeah uh they built in that you could skip the puzzles and as soon as i realized that i was like these puzzles are not interesting enough for me to like spend my time on them so god damn it i could have saved like hours no, just maybe like 12 minutes. Like 12 <laughs> hours of gameplay. <laughs> nah, they weren't that hard. It was just like... No, but there were a lot of them. I don't know. I found them pretty annoying. So I, I turned it off as soon as I could. And kudos to them for making an option to skip it. But I thought, if you're going to make this puzzle portion and then a, an availability to skip it, like, just don't have the shitty puzzles then. Like, just take them out. It's okay. Just have like a nice little antidote, like when you're finding your backpacks where Peter just goes, oh, yeah, this is cool, and this is what this means, and this is what this will do. So much easier. Like the writing, the amount of effort it takes for writing and to uh, do just a couple like two to three sentence quips is so much less work for a company than to 
implement a puzzle system and then come up with different puzzle ideas within the system and then do the background research on these like chemicals and compounds because they never said anything about like any of these compounds that I have familiarity with that sounded like bogus sci-fi like superhero bullshit like everything that they said about compounds and chemicals I was familiar with I was like huh that's fair okay like <laughs> yeah seems legit this seems yeah like this doesn't like ring any or this doesn't uh make me skeptical at all like it seems like they got their science background okay yeah i mean I, yeah it it was plausible enough it, for each and everything exactly where it's, not, it's not like oh this is um vibranium or unobtainium and yeah this is a this is a compound that is non-newtonian and everything that it does and therefore you can't say anything bad about our science <laughs> Not a miracle like compound. Um, doesn't make sense. Um, Do you yeah, want to so, recap the rest of the story? Yeah, might as well. Okay. Um, so after Miles's father dies, um, you start to investigate more into Lee, and Aunt May gets a troubling phone call about some money or something along the lines of, and then you start running into more and more. Uh, Mr. Lee's becoming more and more of a big bad in the sense that, yep, he's the guy running the show. And then you find out that Doc Ock has gone ahead with his experiments and he's got a degenerative disease where his body's just going to become a, he's pretty much got Parkinson's. I'm not sure why they didn't just call it Peter Parkinson's. Parkinson's yeah. Because what did they end up calling his disease? Some neurological thing? I don't, and they described Parkinson's? Yeah, I don't think... I don't remember what the name of it was. Uh, it was something, but it was a neurological... Neuro, neurodegenerative disease, yeah. Neurological degenerative disease. There you go, thank disease. you. So yeah, a disease in your brain that keeps your muscles from functioning properly. Parkinson's. Yeah. And he had the telltale signs of, um, so my father-in-law has Parkinson's, so he kind of still plays piano wonderfully, still paints photorealistic paintings, so it's not progressing that far. But um, the way Doc Ock's hand kind of shook a little bit. The tremors. he was doing yeah. things. The tremors, the not being able to get his hand to function quite right. Um, Parkinson's, the way I understand it, doesn't really work quite like that. Um, if you're thinking about doing something, then, oh, yeah, you kind of can unless you do have the tremors. Yeah, but the tremors, the tremors you can't just stop. really fuck up, like, in the intentionality the of your movement. Yeah. So, yeah, so Doc Ock has Parkinson's and a little bit of a um, little bit of a, um, oh, God. Not bipolar, but what's the other one? Uh, Might as well just call it bipolar. Um the one where you're paranoid, schizophrenia. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. With uh, Oh, that's right. Probably... They they bring that up on the uh, diagnostics. When Peter's running diagnostics, it's like they're, the neural interface will uh, worsen Cause schizophrenia. mood swings. Yeah. yeah. So he's got schizophrenia as well, and you find, out, you find out after dealing with Lee's men for a little bit and Lee becoming the big bad that Doc Ock has gone ahead and done the neural implant and he's controlling the four limbs. Peter thinks he talks him off the ledge, and he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to stop doing it. Peter walks away. He's like, okay, there's a big emergency going on. Are you good? And he's like, yeah, I'm good. And then he immediately puts the implant back yeah. in. 
<laughs> well, because he only has and two, I think, at that moment. And I was like, uh-oh, we're halfway to Doc Ock. And then Peter Parker talks him down. And I'm like, oh, I think we're going to be okay. And then he goes to put him back in. I'm like, oh, we're not okay. <laughs> Pretty much. And then it becomes a... Then their breakout happens right after that, right? Yeah, I think so. Then the breakout happens, and then after you get your butt kicked by four of the Sinister Six, um, Lee comes in and says, we were told not to kill him. And then you're like, <gasps> Lee's not the big bad? Yeah, he's a lackey this whole time. And then everyone flies away, and I think at that point, you skip to Mary Jane, who's investigating more than she can really handle and running through her sneaking portions. Not true. I never got busted on that one. When you're going into the, <laughs> like... Uh, so she goes into the museum first. Oh, not the museum. This one's the facility where they're keeping the uh, tech bro with the man bun. Um, oh yeah so before the tech bro man bun she goes to the facility through the uh, museum to find some things to more incriminate dr lee before the breakout and then she goes tombstone she goes garage. to oh yeah to tombstone i forgot that he was in this. that was a good side quest i enjoyed that yeah uh then she goes to uh to rescue man bun mm-hmm and just to be interrupted by Peter, and they have a little uh, lover, lover's quarrel. Yeah. Um, after that, we go to do some more background investigation to find out, hey, how is everyone involved in this? Uh, you find out that... Norman Osborn Lee, is a bastard. <laughs> yep, Osborne, Osborne um, worked for... Octavius and Osborne worked together. Yep, there we and go. They Octavius and Osborne work together. They caused Lee. Uh, ironically, Osborne also caused Peter. Ironically, Osborne really... also caused Octavius. Ironically, Osborne <laughs> is about to cause uh, Green Goblin. It turns out Norman Osborne, Osborne is the actual villain. Calls... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. He's so done all the like, dirty Oh, shit. yeah. You um so then after after that point you find out that after you find out Osborne's done everything, Peter is going to fight the Sinister Six in their duo team ups, yep. and blah blah blah. He fights the Sinister Six. He saves Osborne a couple of different times from first Lee, and Lee's like, "Why are you saving this motherfucker?" And he's like, "I'm not trying to save him. I'm trying to save you." Mm-hmm. You're not a killer. It's not your fault. Blah, blah, blah. Puts a smack down on Lee. And then he also goes to, oh, I guess before. Yeah, he puts a smack down on Lee. Oswald decides to, there's a virus that they created while they were trying to help out Harry. Yeah, it's a... Or no, they were trying to save Harry's mom. It's not technically a virus. It is... um well, there's no reason to go into the science, but it's CRISPR-related, so uh, it's essentially a gene-editing mechanism, except oh. they fucked it up, and instead of doing positive gene editing, it sounds like it just tears your genome apart and uh, kills your aunt so May there's a, and everybody else. Pretty much. So there's a big virus that's spreading around all of New York. Um, but it's not immediately Oswald. lethal, luckily. It's... 
got a time takes frame a little on bit of it. time yeah which is good for the narrative of the story exactly oswald ends up hiring the mercenary group with a uh, silver sable into the um fray and that just causes the big military presence so the large change to new york mm-hmm. uh there being a pain in your tuckus while you're trying to take out the sinister six then they hit you with the whole then you do the boss fights the last two boss fights of killing oswald and uh well not quite killing oswald but stopping oswald's finding the one person who's got the fucking one vial of the fucking serum who makes one vial of a fucking serum i think it was uh um that was just like that was the successful result as soon as they had it they were gonna mass produce it i don't know it is kind of silly though right it's like when you make you'd think you'd you'd have, you have a bunch of different samples and, that are slightly different yeah. you never really you never make like one vaccine and then you're just like this is the vaccine and now we need to reverse engineer it it's like you already engineered it just repeat that process <laughs> like the idea of being exactly. a scientist is being able to replicate the thing you've done. So not oh, I accidentally one-offed it. Let's do this again. Yeah, you got you got twenty to thirty one batch of this entire thing that's exactly the same. That was pretty much the dumbest thing. Um, <laughs> it, but it's such a movie trope, right? Like it happens in Hollywood all the time. It's like there's only one, and it's like, well, feasibly, you'd never like realistically, you'd never do this and you wouldn't be in this situation like you don't just make one and then have no way to do anymore it's just weird and then there was just enough there was just to enough save um, aunt may serum to either save aunt may or save everyone else and then aunt may is like let me see my nephew yep and then she reveals that she's known peter's been spider-man for a long time she was wondering why she so dies many cobwebs were showing up in his room and then she finally <laughs> pieced it together when she realized that spider-man and peter parker have the same voice and that's why that's the one thing keeping me from being on the miles morales train is i thought he was a smart kid but he literally talks to peter parker and spider-man within an hour of each other and does not make the recognition <laughs> and it's like come on dude pretty much but I do like the, so after Aunt May dies, then you've got the whole, uh, we'll talk post credits and then after credits and then we'll get into like details of spoilers that we, that stick out the best. Okay. I wonder um, if we don't was... return to the details portion um, with Neil when he finally catches up. Oh yeah. Fuck it. We'll do it that way. Since we're, like we're clocking in at one thirty on my end. Um, I'm at 136. Okay. okay, so yeah, so just like Marvel tradition, we've got post credits, mid credits, and in credits. I'm so glad you told me that though, because I would not have actually stuck around for it. I googled it. <laughs> That's like, smart. Are there post and in credit scenes at the end of the Spider-Man video game? Yes. And then, <laughs> yes, there are. And I was like, fuck me. And oh my god, those the in credits worth it to see to see how this universe has changed and to see that it's going to keep going not worth it for how fucking long they were and i was very afraid long to hit the skip yeah. button. um oh i did hit the skip button and you still get it which is nice fuck so for could have saved so much yeah, i was wandering around <laughs> for for anybody who um is close to beating the game didn't give a shit about spoilers uh if you want to see the end credits 
the second round of credits, which is the much bulkier, uh, like more worth run it. of credits. Yeah, is you can just skip, and yeah, it's it's the more important final scene. But man, I did enjoy the Miles Morales spider puberty gag. I thought that was very funny. Um, yeah, and then this final end credits scene that I guess now, if you want to see it, even though we're gonna spoil it. Uh, we realize Harry hasn't been in Europe at all. He's been He's, trapped in a tank, being turned into the Green Goblin. Nope. I'm going, he's turning into Venom. That was very symbiote. Oh, that was. Oh, that's true. That would yeah. be so much better if they made Harry So Venom. there was a comatose, comatose Harry inside of green a vat of green liquid, tank that... Liquid, yeah. As Mary Jane was wandering around Harry's... um, As she was wandering around... um. What's his face is um uh thing that you could interact with it when she was sneaking through that lab. Yeah. It's it's a vat. It's his hy- uh hyperbaric uh chamber or whatever. To keep his whatever his disease is from getting him after you find out that he actually is sick. Yeah. She ends up getting one of the spiders that ends up biting Miles, but you could interact with it. I sadly did not interact with it because I was can, also but she to doesn't open it. She doesn't open it, but what does she say? Did she say anything? She says something, but it wasn't anything that notable, I don't think. Sad day. I, had I had known, I would have interacted with it before yeah, just to like take note. She just had quips about Norman's like desperation and weird scientific stuff. No, that makes sense. Because you saw Green Goblin bombs in the thing as yes, well. Yes, you do. Like prototypes of it. But yeah, so he reveals that... Um, Harry is in this hyperbolic chamber of fluid covered by like some black substance. Yeah, it's that's kind of like sticking into things. Webby, like venom. And then as soon as Harry um, touches the thing, you see like the sticky webbing. Norman like, touches it. Yeah, and then yeah, as soon as Norman touches it, you see the sticky webbing touch back, like touch back or like be flung at it. So it reminded me very much of a symbiote rather than. If they wanted to Rather take that like CRISPR a, route too, like they could work that into the lore. I I actually think that's a good guess. The more I think about it, because I didn't when I saw it happen, I was like, I don't remember Green Goblin or Hobgoblin having any sort of power like that. So, because they don't, yeah. And then I was like, okay, well, I guess this is um. So yeah, so it was very Venom esque. So this is gonna be Get hyped for Spider Man too. With these. Yeah, Spider-Man 2 is going to have the symbiotes around, whether or not they're going to go from a alien standpoint, like some of the comics are. Osborne created it like the Ultimate Series. They're going, I think they are really pushing more on the like science background as much as possible for this, which is more Ultimate Spider-Man, if I remember correctly. Because yes, even is, Mr. Lee's powers are like... They were a scientific experiment, and then there's some uh, there's some notes in Octavius's lair that have like Higgs boson or like Higgs particles for his powers, and so they are. Tr- yeah. I think they are trying to tie everything that would otherwise sort of have a mythical or I guess like more uh, non scientific, more fantasy background. Uh, incorporate with some sort of scientific principle that they can fudge a bit to make sense of the powers. And the last thing I want to go over about this game, I'm excited that 
Oh, there was one mission that I really liked that I ended up doing um, where you got to meet fake Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, that was really good. I loved it. And so excited that I didn't realize it at first when I was taking pictures of some of these monuments. Mm-hmm. I was on a really tall building and just falling down the side of it. And I was like, oh, this is a monument. I could take a picture is it of it. the Avengers Towers? It was Tower? Avengers Towers. Yeah. So Avengers Tower was in there, and so is the Sanctum Santorum. And so is the uh, Stark suit. Like, they had this the Tony Stark spider suit as one of the unlockables. Oh yeah. as one of the unlockables for the Stark suit. So I like the fact that they're also tying it in with the rest of the Marvel universe. So just in case Dr. Strange can show up because the Sanctum Santorum's there. Yeah. Um, uh, any of the Avengers can show up because the Avengers towers is still, there. I really do wonder. Uh, it's, it's sort of, it's, both within and outside of the cinematic universe at this point, isn't it? Because that's obviously a very different Peter Parker than we know from the movies. Uh, yes. You know, because do- Aunt May doesn't feel so good and dissolves, but Peter Parker hangs out. Um, but I was thinking that at first, and I, I'm disappointed to realize now that like Miles Morales is not going to be in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I, I don't know. His... Um the Donald Glover, yeah, and the Spider-Man movies. That was uh, Miles's uh, cousin. Oh, okay, yeah. It was a deep cut, but yeah, he's like uh, whatever his name was. He's he literally is like a petty criminal who happens to be related to Miles, and he's like, while he helps, he's like, yeah, my cousin, my cousin lives in this area, um, so I want to be safe for him. So that was a call out to Miles being in existence in the MCU. Okay, okay, cool. So it can happen. It's not going to be um, Donald Glover, unfortunately, but it can happen. Yeah. Well, shit, that was uh, part one of Spider-Man uh, Spoiler Spree, which I don't actually remember where we started at. So when I tell Neil spoilers, ahoy, I can only give him like well, a general chunk. Yeah, and we did mention it on the... Uh, we gave him six warnings. And it was on the recording itself where the spoilers actually really oh, yeah, started that's true. the that's story. Um, yeah. Guys, if you have comments, questions, concerns, actually, we don't want any of that except for comments. <laughs> Positive. I don't know. I'll take questions and concerns. I want your concerns primarily. I want to know what you're worried about because then I can uh, use my scorpion venom to make you live through your worst nightmares. Um, there we I've go. I've been inspired. But um, if you've got any like major spoilers or cool things you found in Spider-Man, you want to tell us about it? Come on, right yeah, fan, uh Podcast at FancyRamen.com is the email that you'll use. Uh, if you want to leave a like or a review, Cookie, where can they do that at? Uh, they can do that on the Apple Podcast and or wherever else you get your... Uh, wherever else you get your podcast besides Spotify because we're not fancy enough for that yet. Not yet. yet. And don't hesitate to tell some friends about us. Uh, We are still trying to grow our audience and we are still trying to find our voice in this this crazy, crazy world. Yeah, I think that'll do it. So until next next time, guys, um, we're just as thrilled as you are that we finally got to have a Neil-free episode. (laughs) But... I got to. I finally got to beat a video game. If you've been um, following along this entire time, this is a really eventful episode. This is this is a, a real a real change in format for sure. 
100% less Neil. Yeah. Uh, I hope you enjoyed episode 84, 100% less Neil. We'll see you next time with probably 100% more Neil. <laughs> All right. I'm Cookie. I'm Scott. Bye. Peace.